We are in the middle of our Be a Blessing series, and it's been a blast so far. But we got to do some recap. We got to do a little pop quiz. Yep, I know. It's middle school year, though. Y'all are used to it. You do pop quizzes all the time. So can somebody tell me, by raising their hand, what was the first week of our Be a Blessing series? What was the title? Anybody remember? Uh, close. Uh, yes, that's the overall series, but what was the first one? Okay, we're tracking with it. We're tracking with it. It starts with the W. Close, close. Uh, close again. All right, I'm going to give you all the answer for this one. So we're going to practice. So what's, how it's going to work is I'm going to say, for example, God has made you a shepherd so you can, and then y'all will all say, be a blessing. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay, so the first one, I'll give you an answer. God has made you a witness so you can. There we go. All right, week two. Anybody remember what week two was? It starts with an M. That's my hint of the day, an M. Jonah. Boom, Jonah got it first try. God has made you a member of the church so you can. There we go. There we go. All right. Week three. This one starts with an F. An F. A friend. God has called you to be a godly friend so you can. There we go. There we go. And then last week, this one's going to be easy for y'all. You've got to remember, it was, it was just last week. Just last week. Oh, hold on. Anthony, be a rebel. God has called you to be a rebel against culture so you can be a blessing. blessing. And then tonight, we're going to be going over God has called you to be a joy. So God has called you to be a joy so you can. There we go. We're cracking with it. We're cracking with it. Okay, so here's the deal, though. I told you I need some help. You've been answering some questions. I got one more for you. Has anybody ever been to a foreign country? Oh, a lot of y'all. All All right. Has anybody ever been to a country in Asia? Has anybody ever been to the country of China? A couple of hands. A couple of hands. All right. So here's the deal. My little brother is adopted from China. He was adopted when he was three. I was nine. We went all the way to China to go get him. I think we have a picture, if we will. This is us literally 10 minutes after I saw Kai for the first time. So this is my little brother, Kai. That's little Jake. Everybody say, hey, little Jake. It's my dad, my mom. This is our guide. She took us all around China. And that's the adoption worker. So here's the deal, though. Kai is from a city north of Beijing. Beijing is at the top of China. So up here. To get to the city we had to fly out of, we had to go all the way down to the bottom of China. The city is called Guangzhou. Everybody say Guangzhou. 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 It's kind of a weird name. So here's the deal though. Guangzhou has a big market. Okay. And we're walking through this market. It's me, my dad, my mom, and Kai. And we just happen to like stumble our way into this little corner shop. We walk into this little corner shop and it's got like all these like touristy kind of trinkets and stuff. You know what I mean? But you know, like when you walk into a store and you're like, I can really tell that this is not like the spot that the really trendy tourists go to. This is kind of more of like the older spot that kind of used to be trendy, but now it's not really trendy. You know what I mean? Rolling with me. 
So we walk in there, and you got to remember, the shop owner speaks no English. Now, do you think me as a nine-year-old, do I speak Chinese? No. I, I cannot speak a lick of Chinese. My parents cannot speak, speak, yes, speak, that was good. My parents cannot speak a lick of Chinese, okay? So there's, that's one of them. So, but here's the deal, here's the deal. We're, we're walking around in there and the shop owner's trying to communicate and my parents are trying to communicate and it's not, not going great. And finally, the shop owner motions for them to come into the back room. Follow him. Now, you got to remember, in China, it is very illegal to be a Christian. You can't have a Bible. You can't speak of God outside of the church, which is owned by the Chinese government. And it is not like our churches, okay? So they have a bunch of house churches and stuff, but it is not. You don't talk about it. You don't mention it. You don't look at your friend. I don't look at Trey and say, hey, Trey, bro, you should come to church with me. Because here's the deal. If Trey decides he doesn't want to do that, and he tells the government that I invited him to church, I'm gone. I'm going to jail. I could be killed. So it's a dangerous place to be, okay? Especially for Americans. And we don't really look like Chinese people, right? So we stick out like a sore thumb, okay? So all that's going through their head as the shop owner motions for them to come back to the back room, okay? Finally, finally, my dad's like, all right, you know what? We're just going to go back there. We walk back there, and he's standing behind this big wooden crate. I mean, this thing's huge, okay? And he's motioning for us to, like, be quiet, and he lifts up the top of it, and it is a false counter. So it's like, it looks like a countertop, but he lifts it up, and there's stuff hidden inside of it. Hidden inside of it are Bibles. And in the middle of this is a big Bible. Like, you know the big ones you see at, like, a really old church that's like a really old Bible? These things are huge, okay? And written all the way down the pages are Chinese characters, which are Chinese versions of our letters. So people have signed their name. Every person that was a Christian that walked into his shop had signed that Bible. But here's the deal. He had no idea our family was Christians except by the joy that we had. He had no idea. He took a great risk. This guy, he could get his shop taken away. He could be killed just for asking somebody, are you a Christian? And he risked all of that because he saw the joy on my parents' faces. And the joy that he had on his face when he said in very broken English, are you a Christian? And they nod their head yes. I mean, this guy's face lit up like the 4th of July. I mean, he was so excited. I tell you all of that because here's the deal. I was nine. That was a long time ago. That was 12 years ago, okay? I still remember that. Yep, I'm that young, Wyla. Yep. I still remember that moment clear as day because it was so gloomy in China. It was so dark. Everybody walked around with their head down, not wanting to speak a word to anybody else. But this shop owner was different because he understood that he could be a blessing to each person around them by being a joy. Okay? So it's pretty cool stuff, pretty wild, wild stuff. But here's the deal. There's also two people in the Bible that had a similar instance, a similar run-in. Okay? Does everybody know who Paul is? Yes. 
Paul had a best friend, a traveling friend. His name was Silas. They were traveling to the city of Philippi. Fun fact, I need help with this one. What book of the Bible was named? Somebody said it before I could even get the rest of the question. Philippians, yes. There you go. So Philippians, Philippi, the same city. The book of Philippians was written to the people, the Christians of Philippi, okay? But Paul and Silas, they're traveling there, and as they're going along, there's a slave girl that follows them along, and she keeps shouting out every time Paul tries to speak. Everywhere he goes, she walks behind them and says, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she does this over and over and over again for three days. Could you imagine if your best friend just walks around behind you and just yells at you for three days? I would be like, dude, come on, man. Like, you have to have better stuff to do than this. Like, go feed your dog. Go do, make your bed. Do something besides yell at me. I think Paul felt the same way. So Paul finally looks at her and says, I command the spirit to come out of you. Be free. Spirit leaves the girl. Here's where it gets tricky, though. The two guys that owned the slave girl that was following Paul along, they were making a lot of money because the spirit that was in the slave girl could tell the future. So they were making money off this slave girl, okay? And when Paul kicked the spirit out, she doesn't make any more money for him. Those guys are a little upset. So upset, in fact, that they don't ask Paul who he is, what he's done, anything like that. They just take him to the center of the marketplace of that town and they beat him. Literally. So Paul, at this point, is getting beat. And you got to remember, Paul's a Roman citizen, right? Yes, that was a very uncertain yes. Paul is a Roman citizen, yes. yes. Okay, yeah. So Paul is a Roman citizen, right? He has rights. These people don't care. Imagine if somebody just grabs you and starts beating you up. And you're like, whoa, that is against the law. And they're like, I do not care. And you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is not good. Okay, so they do all of that. And this is where we're going to pick up because they've just been beaten and they get sent to jail. And the jailer puts them in the inner prison and puts shackles, big chains on their feet. So they're stuck there in the inner prison. Okay, so Caleb, if you could put up our verses we're going to pick up in our Bibles from there. So everybody turn to Acts 16 for me. Acts 16, going to the back half of the chapter. Yep. Acts is before Romans. Trey found it. He got excited. All right. So y'all are welcome to read along with your Bible or read out loud with me. I'm going to be reading it out loud. Sound good? All right. Here's the deal. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened, and everybody's bonds, shackles, were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Now, you need to understand, the jailer, at this point, understood that if those prisoners got out, his entire family was going to be taken. So he didn't want that to happen. But then Paul cries out, 
with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once. He and all his family. Then he brought them into his house, set food before him, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he believed in God. So here's the deal. I got three points for y'all tonight, okay? Number one is we're going to choose to be a joy. All right? So if we flip back all the way back to where we started reading, verse 25. Paul and Silas, about midnight, were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, we got to understand this. At this point, if you remember, Paul and Silas are in the inner prison. The inner prison is the most middle part of the prison. It's the deepest part. It's the darkest part. There's probably no light. The floor is probably really gross. There's probably bugs, rats. Their feet are chained. That probably didn't feel good. But yet, they're still praying and singing hymns. Now, you got to ask yourself, would you be doing that in that situation? And when I asked myself that, the answer was definitely no. Because I would be sitting there thinking about the fact that, man, I just got beat by these guys. Man, I was a Roman citizen. Really not cool of those guys. They didn't even ask. Man, this prison's dark. I don't like the dark. These shackles, these chains hurt. All of these things would be going through my head. And I'd just be focused on, man, I'm ready to get out of here. Why am I like this? God, why'd you put me here? Why am I stuck here? All this stuff. I'd be focused all on me. But Paul and Silas were different. They chose to be a joy. They chose to worship and to pray in the middle of this dark prison. They turned their focus from themselves and said, no. I'm not going to focus on all that's going on around me. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to pray and sing hymns because my God is good, and I know he has a plan, okay? All that to say, Paul and Silas were just setting such a good example for every person in that prison. And there were people listening to them. If we look back at verse 25, and the prisoners were listening to them. They didn't even know the prisoners were listening to them. And yet they still were praying and singing hymns. To illustrate how I would be feeling, I have a friend that y'all need to meet. Anybody know who Winnie the Pooh is? Yes. Yes. Okay, so here's the deal. My mom was a school teacher, so I knew all the kids' shows. All the old kids' books, I know all those, okay? My mom is a big Winnie the Pooh fan. So we grew up with a lot of Winnie the Pooh stuff around the house. She talked about it a lot pretty regularly, okay? She had a saying, though. I was homeschooled, and when I got mad at specifically math, I hate math. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I did math, I did not have a good attitude. I was not choosing to be a joy. All right, listen up, though. Listen up. I was not choosing to be a joy. And she would look at me and say, you're being an Eeyore. Yeah. So if y'all would, check out what Eeyore is like. 
He greeted this particular morning with the same amount of enthusiasm that he greeted most mornings. Oh. Followed by a series of very important questions. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself, Why? And sometimes he thought, What's the point? And sometimes he didn't quite know what to think. So he just ate thistles. Okay, so a little dramatic, but you get the idea, okay? I was being an Eeyore. I was like, why do I have to do this? This is not fun. I don't want to do this. I didn't get the question right. I'm mad. I was choosing not to be a joy. She would then turn around and look and say, hey, you need to be a Tigger. This is what Tigger's like. Christopher Robin. Oh, maybe the marching would be easier if I knew what the North Pole looked like. Well, it's, uh, um, it's sort of... Uh-oh. That's all right. That's all right. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. All right, but here's the deal. Tigger is a guy that looks like a tiger, and he bounces around on his tail and has the most energy I've ever seen. But he's always happy. He bounces around, he tackles people, he has joy. It's goofy, I know, but I also like cartoons, yes. and I enjoy that. But it's goofy. But you got to think about the stuff that you're given the option to be an Eeyore or a Tigger. And it's only you that gets to pick. Students, hear this. Your circumstances that happen around you, how you're feeling, what the weather's like, what your friends do, bless you, what, everything that happens around you, that does not affect whether you get to be a Tigger or an Eeyore. You choose that. You have to decide when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed, when you walk to lunch, when you're walking around school, and I'm going to be an Eeyore and drag other people down, or am I going to be a Tigger and lift people up? That's for you to decide you got to choose to be a joy. Don't choose to be a New York. Choose to be a joy, okay? But not only do you have to choose to be a joy, but you have to share the joy inside of you. Let's look at Acts 16, 26 through 32. All right, so we look at verse 26, and suddenly there was an earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. The doors opened. The chains fell off. Paul and Silas had every opportunity to run away, and they don't. The jailer comes to them, and he's confused. He's like, what is this great power that I've seen? And he asked them a great question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And at this moment, Paul and Silas have another Crisis moment. They have another moment where they have to pick. They have to pick whether they choose to share the joy or whether they don't. Because you got to remember, this jailer definitely didn't put band-aids on their wounds. He definitely didn't put them in a nice comfy hotel. He definitely didn't put nice sheets around them and say, hey, you're going to be okay. No, he put shackles on them. He put them in the inner prison. I would be like, dude, I don't want to talk to you right now. You are not cool to me. But the jailer comes to them and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they look at them 
and look at what they tell them, okay? Verse 31, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They chose to share the joy that was inside of them. If you look on your seat, there should have been a piece of paper that kind of looks like a target. Everybody got one? If you got it, hold it up for me. All right, perfect. Put your hands down. If you do not have a piece of paper and you want one, raise your hand and somebody in the back will get you one, okay? All right. Listen up, listen up. Here's the deal. I want you, we're going to write three different phrases or words on the circles, okay? You don't have a pencil? There's a pen back there. Here's the deal. The first one on the inner inside circle, so the middle of the page, I need you to write me. Me. M-E. Me. All right, look. That middle circle represents you, okay? You have a choice to choose joy or not. You have a choice to focus on yourself or focus on God. Paul and Silas set a clear example for us to not focus on ourselves, but to focus on God, to pray and to worship, okay? They don't tell us to, hey, think about yourself and how bad your situation is. Think about how miserable you're feeling right now. No, they tell us to praise and worship. So you wrote me on the middle circle. The next circle would be those close to you. Write write those words, those close to you or us. Okay? You have an effect on those close to you. If you choose to be a tigger, you're choosing to share the joy. And you're going to affect the person sitting next to you. If Trey chooses to be a tigger, bouncing up and down, Carter, you're going to get a little excited. He's got some energy, you know? It's hard to be down in the dumps when your best friend's bouncing around. Yeah. If somebody in the back is locked in, they're laser focused, the people around them are going to start being locked in, laser focused, right? But if somebody in the back's messing around, the people around them are going to start messing around. You have an effect on those close to you. The last circle, you need to write, let me make sure I get this right. You need to write, those around me, those around us, okay? That would be, just like we see in verse 25, when Paul and Silas were worshiping and praising the Lord, that would be the prisoners, okay? The prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas. They recognized that something was different. They might not have been able to clearly say, oh man, these guys are choosing to be a joy so they can be a blessing to me. But they noticed. They were like, man, these guys are in the inner prison. We just heard these guys get beat. Oh yeah, and by the way, we think that guy might be a Roman citizen, so he was unrightfully beaten. But they heard them praising. They heard them choosing to pray. That affected them. That affected the jailer so much that he was saved from that. So that little circle in the middle that says me and my choice to be a joy or not to be a joy has a 
ripple effect, like when you throw something into a lake and you see the, the ripples go out, it has a ripple effect all the way out to the jailer, the people that you don't even know are watching. So you have to choose whether to be a joy or not to be a joy. It applies to all of us. It's, it's really simple. We just have to choose whether or not to be one or not. We're Tigger or Eeyore, okay? Our third point of the day, I got to go quick, is to be a joy. Be a joy. Let's look at Acts 16, 34 real quick. Then he brought them up into his house, he being the jailer, and set food before them, them being Paul and Silas. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Can you imagine being this guy's family and the jailer walks in and says, I have seen the power of God with my own two eyes. I now believe and am saved. You should be too. Let's rejoice. We're going to have a party. We're excited because Jesus has just changed my life. We have to carry that same joy. There's so many times when I work throughout the week, even on Sundays, Wednesdays, when I really just don't feel like being a joy. Paul and Silas were given a choice here. They could go rejoice with this guy's household, that this guy had been saved, that his household was going to be saved, or they could be like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Like, yeah, we're not cool. We're not cool. I'm going the other way. But they chose to be with his household. Think about for you. You're at school. You're just feeling down in the dumps. You know, it's been a rough day. You still have to choose whether to be a joy or not to be a joy. For me, I have to force myself to be a joy sometimes. The best way I've found to do that is through worshiping God, through listening to worship music and forcing myself. I have a terrible voice. I can't sing worth a lick. Like, y'all thought the national anthem was bad. If I was up here, it'd be even worse, okay? It's bad, really bad. But I have to force myself to sing. When I was growing up, somebody looked at me and said, hey, you need to choose joy. You need to find a verse in the Bible that's somebody that chose joy. The verse I found was Acts 16.25. Paul and Silas in the prison praying and worshiping. Then my dad turned around and said, hey, I have a song you need to listen to. And he told me, he said, this song has got me through a lot of things. The song was the hymn, Jesus Paid It All. And before y'all go crazy, go wild, yes, I do listen to hymns. I like hymns personally, okay? But look at the chorus of Jesus Paid It All. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I can't help but rejoice when I read those words, when I sing those words. Because Jesus paid it all for me. I owe him everything. I had sin. I was covered with red. But then his blood washed over me. He washed all my sin away. I cannot help but rejoice from that. Because praise the Lord, he washed me clean. I'm made new. And that's such something to celebrate. The jailer felt the same way. He had a reason to celebrate. And it was awesome. So here's the deal. We're going to sing this in just a second, okay? I'm not expecting you to go crazy over it, go wild. 
But think about those lyrics. When you're in the dumps, think about just three lines. Think about Jesus paid it all. I owe everything to him. Sin left me dirty and broken, and he washed it all away. Amen. Amen. I cannot help but rejoice from that, okay? So, band, y'all come on up real quick. I'm going to leave you with one more thing, okay? Just like we talked about, you got to choose to be a joy. You got to share the joy that's in you. You got to choose joy. You got to be a joy. But here's the deal. All of y'all that sit in this room, you've got the joy inside of you, okay? If you don't have that joy inside of me, come find me. If you have a hole and you're like, hey, I just don't feel joy. I don't feel that need to be joy. Come talk to us. But those of you that do, we've walked around and said, hey, I'm just going to be a pretty happy guy and just call it a day after that, Okay? But I'm going to challenge each one of you as you're walking out of this room. Are you prepared to give a reason for the joy that you have? Can you, if somebody looks at you and says, hey, why are you so happy? If I look at Kellen and say, Kellen, why are you so happy? Are you able to look at you and say, yes, I have this joy because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left me broken but he washed it white as snow. Are you prepared to give an answer to that? If not, come find somebody. Come find me, Sam, Lydia, Corey, Morgan. We would love to walk you through that. If you are prepared, you are left with one option then. You got to share it. You have to share it. So that's my challenge to y'all this week. Go be a joy. Share your joy. Choose joy. But most importantly, give a reason for that joy. If we don't, there's no point, okay? There's no point in being happy if you can't tell somebody, hey, this is why I'm happy, okay? So please tell people. Please be a joy.